630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Monday night in Edmonton. Brendan Ulrich with you in for Reed Wilkins this evening. Reed Wilkins on holidays. It's that time of year. I know uh, Reed worked hard throughout the weather season and deserves a week off. I'll be uh, taking two weeks off after that as well. And then Bob Stoffer is off shortly after that. That's how it works for us hockey guys. We need to try to get our vacation in now. So that's where we're at. Um, I know I'm going to Mexico uh, next week. Can't wait to head down there. I believe Reed's in California right now, but I uh, could be mistaken. But I'm sure he'll want to chime in throughout the week at some point on his program. But I know Dave Campbell will be filling in uh, tomorrow and the rest of the week on this program as well. The Capitals. 3-1 lead right now on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Alex Ovechkin. Scored the second goal, and he just scored the third goal on the power play as the Caps have a 3-1 lead in the uh, late in the second period on Columbus right now in Game 6. The other game going on tonight being played in Toronto. The Leafs have a 2-1 lead in Game 6, trying to force a Game 7 as uh, the third period is just about to get underway. Other hockey news and notes from earlier today. The Calgary Flames announcing Bill Peters as uh, their head coach. Here's what uh, GM Brad Treliving had to say on if they considered anyone else for the job. Yeah, and I understand the thought. And, and, and the great thing about, as Bill even alluded, the great thing about working in this market is we've got, we've got a passionate, knowledgeable fan base. Um, my job is to make the best decision I feel for the organization. There's some great candidates out there. And this wasn't one based upon, um, you know, hiring a friend per se. Bill and I don't have a long relationship. Um, we had a, uh, uh, a situation where we worked together over a small period of time, but you do your homework. And this is somebody I believe fully in. Um, this is somebody that I have been around enough to know uh, the the network of people that I talk to um, to to not formalize a thought but solidify a thought that I've got um, and Bill does have experience when I talk about experience in this league it's it's not just head coaching experience um, it's the experience you know he was three years as an assistant prior to being a head coach his international experience um, his experience in dealing with top players um, at the international stage he's he's uh, we talked about it today. He's he's won a gold medal as a at the World Championships. He's going again. This is we don't want to be going to no more World Championships. We hope the World Championship stuff is we need to be playing here. But he was an assistant coach at the World Cup. He's dealt with top players. So ultimately, my job isn't to to necessarily go out and try to do what's politically right or what's safe. My job is to do what I feel and have the conviction of making the decision that you think is the best for the hockey club. And that's what I feel. I have no I have no um, 
I have nothing but belief that Bill's going to come in here and do a phenomenal job. There you have it. That's uh, GM Brad Trey Living at his media avail earlier today. We ra- we had an interview with uh, Bill Peters that uh, we ran on the program uh, today as well. You can uh, head to 630ched.com if you missed out on that one and want to hear from the new head coach of the Calgary Flames. Uh, we're going to switch focus here to football in a second. Minnesota, though, in uh, NBA action right now, leading Houston. Or actually, Houston's up by one at the half. They just uh, scored to take the lead 50-49 as uh, the Rockets lead that series 2-1 NBA playoff action and uh, Utah and Oklahoma City will square off later tonight Utah 2-1 series lead there uh, other hockey news earlier today the Columbus blow or the Minnesota Wild rather firing GM Chuck Fletcher and uh, I mean the Wild seem to make the playoffs every year but they can't get out of the first or second round and the norm seems to be the first round of late, so they're making a, a change with the uh, hope to uh, get to the Stanley Cup, according to uh, their owner, Leopold, today. It sounds like the uh, coaching staff, though, will remain intact, at least for now, with uh, Bruce Boudreau behind the bench there in Minnesota. You have to wonder, though, if uh, they hire a new GM, if he'll want to uh, bring in his own uh, coaching staff or not, so we'll have to wait and see on that front. That's your news and notes from around the NHL from earlier today. Some guests on Inside Sports receive gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Attend the perfect marriage of bird and beer, a five-course meal paired with six collective art beers prepared by guest chefs from Soltice and Faro, RSVP at northernchickenyag.com. All right. The Edmonton Eskimos are in Vegas right now. They are holding their annual minicamp, only this time the entire roster is there. Minus Kevin Glenn, apparently. I asked uh, Mike Crowley about uh, Kevin Glenn in this interview, and apparently he's not there, but he will be at main camp. The new Eskimos backup quarterback behind Riley. Uh, I also asked Riley about who's standing out, and you'll want to hear what he has to say in this interview about Duke Williams, who is an absolute beast and it sounds like he's going to be even better in his second uh, CFL season. But here is the uh, Eskimos quarterback, Mike Riley. I just asked him how things are going out there in Vegas right now. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be on the show to join you. Um, things are going great. You know, we just wrapped up day two of practices. Um, about to head out here in a few minutes to, to get some more meeting time in. Um, you know, but I've been really, really pleased with where everything's at so far for this camp. I feel like the competition level's been great. Um, you know, it, it's good to get back uh, with the team. Um, you know, we, we have a long off season that we spend, um, you know, trying to improve as best we can um, and, and get physically healthy and in shape and, and, you know, increase the strength and all that kind of stuff. Um, but to finally get out on the field and call some plays and, and play some football uh, has felt really good. And I think on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, um, I love our team and where we're at. You know, we've, we have some changes, um, you know, obviously some veteran guys that were on our team for the last five, six, seven years are no longer here, but uh, that has opened up roles that need to be filled by younger guys that have been waiting for their opportunity. And uh, so far in these two days that we've had to work, uh, it sounds like those guys um, have taken that very seriously because uh, they showed up ready to play. And, and we've got a lot of work done so far, so hopefully that continues. Yeah, just talk about the dynamic of having the whole roster there, Mike. I know you've been uh, to this camp before, but it was just quarterbacks and other receivers. Uh, but to have the whole team there, how beneficial do you think that will be uh, for you guys as uh, you get closer to uh, main camp? 
Yeah, it's been great. I mean, this is, um, you know, I've been to, I think, three or four mini camps prior to this. Uh, I think it was my fifth mini camp with Edmonton last year. They didn't have any veterans. But prior to that, it was generally just me and, and a couple of the other quarterbacks, and the rest of the guys were, uh, you know, rookie free agent guys. So um, at that point, it was still nice those years to get out and play a little football, throw the ball around. But um, it was a lot of teaching. You know, here, this just honestly feels like the beginning of training camp. You know, we have our entire team here. Um, we have all of our starters out there running, um, you know, together and getting that comfort level high, um, you know, and that's hugely beneficial for us, especially considering the way our training camp and preseason schedule works with us playing in our very first preseason game. That one's going to come up quick, you know. Generally, you get two weeks of practice during training camp before that first preseason game, um, you know, and for us, we're only going to have a week. And, uh and, you know, it's, if, it, if it falls suit like last year, most, and I think I heard Coach Moss say this during the offseason, you know, a decent chunk of our starting guys are, are probably not going to get much work in that second preseason game. So we need to be prepared for that first one uh, to come out and get a ton of good work in. And so to just have these three days to kind of extend training camp almost, um, you know, I think that's going to pay dividends. And um, the guys have treated it uh, as if it were training camp. You know, everybody's coming here and taking it very seriously. Regardless of the location, you know, even though we're not in Edmonton, we're in Vegas. Uh, guys are out on the strip. Guys are, uh, you know, in the meeting rooms, and, and they're making sure that they're ready to go so that we actually get a lot of good work in. I love that you slipped that in there. How hot is it out there, by the way, right now? <laughs> you know what? It's been saying, uh, you know, now I'm in the States right now, so I'm going to stick with Fahrenheit. Uh, you know, when I go to Canada, I'll do the conversion for you. But for now, I'm in the States. So it, uh, it's been saying like 95, uh, but it hasn't really felt that hot. I mean, it's kind of a dry heat. There's not a ton of humidity. So, you know, when we were doing our camps down in Florida, it seemed like it was a lot hotter. But we're also off the field by day. every day. We start early. So uh, by the time we get off the field, it's still probably just in the, in the high 80s. So it hasn't been too bad, but... Um, you know, I'm sure if you ask the O and D linemen that are carrying around a little more weight than me, uh, they might feel a little <laughs> differently about it. But uh, I think it's been nice so far. Uh, give me a name that's standing out. A guy, maybe a veteran guy that's back, that's put in the work clearly in the off season, or maybe uh, a younger guy that uh, you think could maybe emerge this season. Yeah, I mean, I got a couple for sure. Um, you know, all of our our veteran guys have done exactly what I expected them to do so far in these couple of days. Darrell has come back and, and been Darrell. He's been great. Uh, Vidal has stepped up into that spot where Adarius used to play. Um, you know, and I have huge expectations for, for Vidal and he's he has not let me down so far. But um, you know, there's a couple of guys that really stick out to me. Duke, um, Duke is a guy who we knew he had a lot of uh, great things about his play style last year, and he got some opportunities. But he was young. He still is young, but it was his first year last year, and so he didn't really understand, I don't think, uh, what was necessary in terms of um, you know, stamina and things like that. You playing college football, you're playing 10, 11, 12 games in a season. You play in the CFL, if you make it to the Grey Cup, including your preseason games, you know, you're playing potentially as many as 23 games. So, um, you know, we talked before he left for the offseason. I talked to him. I know the coaches talked to him and said, hey, man, you know, you, you there's going to be a lot more that's going to be asked of you this next season. So you got to you have to get your cardio up and uh, you got to be ready to run. And he's had a great two days. He looks 
uh, like he's in phenomenal shape and he obviously took things to heart and uh, I think he he's had a great off season so far and it's showing up in this mini camp um, and then the other two names that I'll give you well I, three really two names would be uh, Nate Bahar uh, and Atay Ajay those two have uh, you know taken on Corey Watson's spot um, you know and those are a couple of young guys that have been on our team McKay's been here uh, for a little while and Nate's been here last year um, you know so they haven't really been given the opportunity and they are now and both those guys have made uh, great plays all over the place for the first two days uh, mentally they've been very sound they know exactly where to be uh, I thought they've done a great job and then uh, Matt O'Donnell um, you know he's always been a mainstay for us on the O-line uh, he's taken a lot of reps out at the left tackle spot. Um, obviously, with Cinderella being gone, uh, you know we, we have to figure out what we're going to do to replace him. But uh, O'Donnell has always been a guy that I've never worried about, no matter where he's playing on the O-line. Some people maybe get a little bit leery, say, oh, you're going to bump your guard out to tackle. But uh, he's had a great couple of days as well. So uh, as has everybody else. But those are the names that really stick out to me right now on the offensive side of the ball for sure. Well, I love what you had to say about Duke. As I worked the sidelines last year for the broadcast, you could just see the talent that he has. So that's uh, mm-hmm. I'm expecting big things from him this season. I can't wait to see what he can do. And uh, with you throwing him the ball all season again, that should be uh, pretty exciting for Eskimo fans. Um, just a few more quick hitters here, Mike. I know uh, the CFL has implemented a new football, a bigger football, I guess, a little bit bigger anyways. You can probably describe it better than I can. But have you guys been using the new footballs in camp? Well, yeah, I mean, so I've obviously I've been following that, um, you know, but to me, if they would have, like, implemented something like that mid-season, uh, when I've been throwing the other football all year long and all of a sudden you had to switch it up, that might be something that I would notice, um, you know, but we're just starting out with, you know, right here in minicamp, and you're just... You, you get used to whatever ball is out there. To me, I've never been one that's really focused too much on how the football feels. Uh, it's something that you can't control. The ball is going to be what it's going to be. And uh, I, I always try to tell myself not to worry about the things that are out of my control. So um, I never really focus too much on how the ball feels. As far as I can tell, it's coming out of all of our hands. All of our quarterbacks are spinning the ball pretty good. Um, you know, So outside of that, I really got no complaints. As long as we're able to throw it where we need to get it, I don't really care if it's round, shaped like a basketball, if it looks like a baseball. I really don't care. You know, So football is doing fine for us right now. Well, that's uh, good to hear. And uh, Kevin Glenn, I guess, is out there with you uh, on the field for the first time. I'm sure uh, you have your, your, you know, your notepad ready. You're taking notes and uh, learning a lot from a veteran guy like that. Uh, just talk about the impact he's had around the group so far. Well, actually, Kevin's not here. Oh, Kevin's not here okay. right now. Um, so I haven't got to work with Kevin. So that breaking news, right? So I'm here to break news for you. Um, <laughs> but I have—I will tell you this. I have had a lot of contact with Kevin uh, during the offseason. We've, we've talked on the phone multiple times over the last couple of months and just kind of put together a little bit of a game plan, you know, about how, uh, you know, we can benefit from each other and, and what, you know, he's he's been a great guy so far. He's always going to help you, make your life easier, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and he's been around a lot of football, obviously, and he's played a lot of football. So he's a guy that, uh, you know, I certainly can and will lean on um, to do some of the heavy lifting behind the scenes. Uh, you know, as a quarterback, you've heard of, you're trying to juggle a lot of different responsibilities and, and inside of those responsibilities to make sure that you guys are ready to play. Um, and within that, you got to do a lot of walkthroughs, clear meetings, things like that. And, uh, you know, you can only have your starting five wide receivers out there. And the other guys have to be locked in. Uh, you know, but you can only pay attention to so much as the starting quarterback. So to have a guy like Kevin 
and really make sure that the rest of those guys are ready to go. Uh, you know, so when the inevitable injury happens, uh, you know, the next man up wide receiver wise uh, has been paying attention and locked in. That's something that Kevin's really going to be able to do to the table. You still there, Daniel Bryant? Please step up. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, Sorry, yeah, you I cut out there for a second. Yeah, no, you're back now. Can you hear me? Yeah. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, for the guys that we do have here, I think that Daniel Bryan stepped up and had a really good camp. Um, you know, mentally, he knows the offense very well. Uh, his thing is just getting getting the reps, getting the experience, and he's gotten a lot of that here, and I thought he's done a, a very nice job with it. Um, you know, Zach was a guy that was our practice roster guy, young guy that was with us last year, and uh, he's obviously spent the time in the offseason to learn the playbook. You can just tell he feels more comfortable with it when we're talking through our reads and things like that. Um, you can you can tell that he has a you know a better understanding in his second year, which is what you want to see. And then Eli, uh, our new quarterback, uh, you know he's come in and it's tough as a new quarterback to come in and try to learn all this terminology. And as I said, this is not a normal mini camp. We're kind of treating this as an extended training camp. So um, you know for him to come in and. and get thrown into the deep end i think he's done a nice job so far you know he's been able to go out there and operate the offense um you know to get his first taste of it but i think all those guys have done a nice job so uh you know i like our quarterback room i like where the depth is and of course when we get the training camp and kevin's added into that mix um, it's going to be a very good room for us well mike we'll leave it at that i know uh, you have a team meeting coming up but then uh, i'm sure you guys will be taking in some fun out there on the strip are you out are you out gambling a little bit? Are you at the the pools? Are you taking in shows? What's your oh, what's, what does Mike Riley do in Vegas? We haven't, uh, yeah, we haven't done that yet. I used to come to Vegas every year during March Madness, and I'd been on the basketball okay. games. Obviously, the timing's not right for that. Uh, but uh, you know, there's some NBA games. I don't know. We might we might go check some things out tonight. Uh, you know, it's been all work so far. We haven't we haven't had time or desire to go out and do anything. So we might do a little team bonding tonight. I don't know during the season. Uh, uh, you know, we'll get together and play a little crap sometimes. Uh, you know, which is either a really good thing or a really bad thing. I'm not sure. So we might uh, we might test the dice over here in Vegas tonight. Um, you know, but uh, I don't expect it to go too crazy either way. You know, they don't build these uh, hotels. Um, you know, without without stealing everybody's money to uh, to finance that. So I think the cards are stacked against you. But uh, we'll go. We'll go. We'll give it our best shot. I'm sure. All right, Mike, thanks for doing this. Uh, we'll see you at uh, Main Camp. All right, thanks a lot, man. Have a good one. That is Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley. Says he likes to bet on the NCAA, March Madness. And who wouldn't want to bet on March Madness? It's uh, a fun time. Um, I should have I was going to tell him, bet some money on the Capitals tonight. You're in Vegas, throw down $100 on the Capitals for me. It's nothing to Mike Riley. But I did not tell him that. I should have. He would have liked me more. He'd have been happy. If I made him some money, I would have told him to bet on the Capitals. Although, there's still a period to play. They're up 3-1, the Capitals uh, after 40. Maple Leafs uh, right now up 2-1 on the Bruins with uh, 13.56 left in uh, the third period there. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and uh, get to a few goal calls from around the NHL tonight. We also have some interesting clips from Rich Sutter, John Shannon from uh, earlier today on Oilers Now. And we'll talk more about the rumored signing that is going to happen for the Oilers and Miko Koshkinen, a Finnish goaltender who will be, or if he comes in, would be uh, you know Cam Talbot's backup next season. But if he's making $2.5 million, like uh, the rumors say, then you would expect him to maybe push 
Cam Talbot throughout the season or, you know, take away some of the, the heavy workload away from him. Uh, of course, he played 67 games last year, Cam Talbot, and 73 the year before. We'll talk about all that on Inside Sports as we move along throughout this Monday night. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Mike Riley pulling double duty tonight. You heard him on the return there. We had an interview with him earlier in the show. Mike Riley saying, watch out for big Duke Williams this season for the Eskimos. Matt, I loved watching Duke last year. I can't wait to see what he's going to do in his second uh, CFL season with the Eskimos. Of course, Zilstra to the NFL. Darius Bowman, not with the Eskimos anymore. So you have Walker there, and then you have Hazleton, and you have Duke Williams. A chance for one of those guys to really emerge. And I would bet some money that it's going to be Duke Williams this season. Love Darrell Walker, though. I think he's your 1A, and then you know Duke can be your 1B, and then uh, Hazleton can be a solid number 3 for the Eskimos. So it'll be interesting to see Bryant Mitchell in the mix as well, who was outstanding in fill-in duty last season uh, when Zilstra was down for injury and uh, Walker was in uh, the NFL. So should be exciting for the Eskimos. Uh, they are uh, taking part in camp down in Vegas right now, mini camp. GM Brock Sunderland will be on the program tomorrow night to wrap that event up yeah, ahead of uh, main camp for the Eskimos. 7.30 in Edmonton. You can uh, call us at 780-496-0063 after the news or text us at 630-630. This is Inside Sports. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Back here on Inside Sports, Brendan Ulrich with you. The Washington Capitals trying to close off the Columbus Blue Jackets right now. They have a 3-2 lead in the third period courtesy of the great eights. Juice now to Kuznetsov. He will just fire this one wide of the net. Wilson chasing a bounce and can't get the shot away. Caps keep it alive. Across to Wilson in the right circle. Up high to Kuznetsov. He'll go low on the left side. Caps work it to Orpik with a driver and they score! Alex Ovechkin on the rebound! Puts it in past Bobrovsky! 7-10 to go in the second period. It's wing wall. Kuznetsov. He to the right hash. And now blue line. It is Carlson. One-timer. Shot scores! Ovechkin times two with 137 to go in the second period. It's three. One. Washington on a goal from Alex Ovechkin. Ovechkin making it 3-1. I can tell you that uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois just scored for Columbus. And uh, now that game is 3-2. Brennan Ulrich with you here on Inside Sports. The other game being played tonight is in Toronto. Just over nine minutes to play. The Leafs hanging on to a 2-1 read, or lead right now. How about this? David Pasternak, zero shots in the game for Boston. The Leafs doing a good job uh, containing that top line tonight. And we'll see if they can hang on for the victory here. I know they had a goal disallowed as well earlier in the game. Zach Hyman. Uh, Maple Leaf Square. There are two referees in the crowd, and they had iPads and tablets out and headsets, and they were reviewing the goal call. It was pretty funny. You can check it out uh, on Twitter. Oh, the Capitals have scored again. Devontae uh, Smith-Pelly makes it 4-2. 
So that's where we're at right now, getting closer to uh, the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Meanwhile, other teams are uh, working out their coaching staffs. Today, the Calgary Flames hiring Bill Peters as their head coach. Uh, Rich Sutter, I was trying to play this clip earlier in the show, but we had to cut it out because uh, we were going live to Toronto for uh, a news update on uh, the horrific attack that uh, happened earlier today. The latest, by the way, is that uh, there are now 10 confirmed dead and 15 injured. Head to uh, 630ched.com or listen to the news throughout the night here for the latest on that situation. But Rich Sutter has some interesting things to say about the Flames being an inconsistent group and maybe being a hard group to coach. I, I, I certainly didn't. Uh, I think if anyone in Calgary disagrees with it, then they're crazy because uh, there was nights where you honestly thought, "Wow, this team has got it figured out, and they're you know they're going to start to roll." But um, it wasn't that long after you know where you, there was nights where, hey, be honest with you, there were nights where you watched some guys play and you didn't notice them, and they were playing a lot of minutes. They were frontline players. Or else you said, "Well, you're 32 minutes in the game, you finally noticed somebody." Uh, that was a frontline guy. And to me, that tells you that, you know, the onus is on the player. Uh, systems are not that different amongst teams in the National Hockey League. Um, everyone's supposed to be a smart player. If you can't think the game, you can't play the game. And the biggest thing is you, you look at uh, how teams play nowadays, and, and it's it's important that you play with pace and you play with speed and, and tempo as a group. And... Uh, Structure doesn't change. Sneaking, and, and I think that comes back to your group. Um, to me, hey, I'm an Alberta fan. I want to see both both teams do very well. And to me, it was just disappointing to to see how the team played, especially down the stretch. Um, yeah, you felt bad for Glenn Gulls and, and his staff going down the stretch because you weren't seeing a lot of motivation from your group. I'll ask. And that's not on your coaches. Uh, as professionals, when I played. I was scared to death for my job every night. It didn't matter uh, who was my coach. It had nothing to do with my coach. It was my job. It was my livelihood. I had a family to take care of. And um, I don't know if that's the mindset of certain people nowadays. So there you have it. Rich Sutter bringing the heat there on Oilers now earlier today, placing the blame on the players for the Flames rather than the coaching staff. Uh, Of course, Glenn Galton was let go, uh, the rest of his staff as well. And now he's a free agent. He's uh, allowed to sign wherever he chooses. And you know what? There are rumblings that perhaps he ends up alongside Todd McMillan on the Oilers bench. I'm all for that. I think Goldson would add a lot of experience. I think he uh, would be a great addition to the staff. And uh, Rich Sutter thinks so as well. Honestly, I think he'd be terrific. Uh... I mean, hey, I'm not going to tell the Edmonton Oilers how to run their hockey club. I know Peter and the staff are, are good people and they're smart people, but I'd, I'd hire Glenn Galtz in a, in a heartbeat and, and move him, you know, three hours up the road. But, you know, that's not for me to, yeah. to say that's going to happen. But I just think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that he can give to an organization. Um, I think he's very good with young players. Uh, he's, he, he certainly communicates with young players. I don't think that's, that was any kind of an issue in Calgary. Um, I think there's a lot of upside with him, and I think it's just going to be difficult for Glenn right now to, you know, sit back and, 
you've gone through two uh, head coaching jobs at a young age, basically, in terms of coaching at the NHL level. So uh, he might be better off served by, by working with a, with, a, with a guy like Todd or someone along that line. And, and I think very highly of Todd also. So, you know, don't forget I we had him in Minnesota as our first uh, right. uh coach in in houston who i spent a lot of time with and i thought he was going to be a terrific coach at that time so we'll see what happens i know that's a hot rumor out there right now to me it makes a ton of sense that uh, the oilers would add galtson as an associate coach or assistant coach alongside todd mcclellan um i don't know why it would be a bad option at this point i i think they would get along well as well i think that's important clearly we uh, saw them side-by-side side with the uh, horrific uh, Humboldt situation. They both visited Humboldt together and uh, chatted a lot, I'm sure, about hockey uh, at that time. It would make sense to me. And uh, now you have Trent Yanni out there as well, relieved of his duties today by the Anaheim Ducks. That makes a lot of sense as well uh, for the Oilers as an assistant coach. So I think eventually we're going to see the Oilers round out their coaching staff. It will likely be Todd McClellan, and maybe we'll see Galtz in the mix, and then maybe Yanni joining McClellan as well. He spent three years as as an assistant coach uh, with McClellan in San Jose. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, that is the hot rumor right now that uh, Galtson may end up on uh, the Oilers' bench. You can text us 630-630. Bretsky says, hey, BU, so the Oilers are thinking of signing an unproven goaltender for big cash. Why am I not surprised? Well, it is interesting. I mean, Miko Caution is the rumored goaltender the Oilers are after. Finnish-born goaltender, drafted by the Islanders. I believe he's almost 30 years of age. The cat, I guess he's available to be signed on May 1st. The, the rumored contract uh, that's out there is two years at $2.5 million, which is a lot of dough for a backup goaltender, especially for a team like the Oilers that will be uh, cap-challenged next season with McDavid's contract kicking in. They need to re-sign Nurse, Betting, uh, to name a couple of players. So I don't know how $2.5 million makes sense for a backup. To me, they must really like this guy, if that is the case. And I know Bob sort of scoffed at... Uh, the two years, $2.5 million contract on Oilers now earlier today, saying something there seemed fishy, didn't really add up. So we'll see if that is the contract, if this does happen, or if that's not the contract, the term or the length of the deal. We'll have to wait and see on that front. But to me, that's a lot of dough for a backup goaltender. His numbers in the KHL are very good. He's coming off his best season to date. Uh, in the, the KHL with a .931 save percentage. He had 24 wins in 31 games last season. I don't know a lot else about him. I mean, he's big. So we'll see what happens. He was good uh, for Finland at the Olympics. He had good numbers. Seems to be improving on those numbers each year in the KHL. But the only concern is at $2.5 million, I mean, that may take away from another uh, whole that Peter Shrelly tries to fill in the offseason because he's paying a backup goaltender $2.5 million. Now, the other end of it is, what if he's good? What if there's a lot of teams bidding for him? And what if he comes in and he's really, really good and maybe uh, takes some of the load off of Cam Talbot? Maybe he pushes Cam Talbot. I mean, you never know. 
We'll have to wait and see on that front. But Elliot Freeman did report that the Oilers are the front runners for uh, Koshkinen over the weekend. John Shannon earlier today saying the Oilers are in the mix on him as well on uh, Oilers Now. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But I do think the Oilers need to uh, definitely fill that backup uh, goaltending position. Um, I'd rather see uh, Talbot play in the 63-65 to 65 range. I think he was gassed after playing 73 games last year plus the playoffs. Like That is a lot of games. This year, he played 67. That's still a lot. That was tied for first in the NHL with uh, Connor Hellebuck, who was really filling the role as a starting goaltender for the first time in his career. Not a lot of fatigue or wear on those tires for him. So we'll see how he bounces back next season after playing so many games. But to me, that's too many games. So they need to bring in someone that can spell Talbot a little bit, and maybe Koshkinen's the guy for that job. You can text us 630-630. Rob says, B, what would you do with the draft pick? Well, depends who the others are going to pick, first of all, of course. We'll find out on Saturday as the draft lottery will be held. The Oilers right now uh, most likely to pick ninth overall. I have the official odds right here. They have a 48.8% uh, chance of picking ninth, a 30.7% chance of picking 10th, a 4.3% chance at 11, and a 0.1% chance at 12. They have a 5% chance uh, at picking first overall, 53 at second, 57 at picking third. So, depends where they pick. If they stay at nine, I guess we'll we'll see who's available. I would definitely keep the pick, though. I mean, they don't have a lot of prospects coming in. That's the, the first concern for me, is how could you trade the pick when you don't have a, a number of good prospects ready to step in at the NHL level. Um, number two, Keith Gretzky has a really good track record when it comes to drafting of late. His uh, first draft here in Edmonton looks very promising with the likes of Stuart Skinner in the mix, Yamamoto as well, Safin, uh, Samarukov. It looks like a good draft. And I would... I mean, we heard Bob Nicholson talk about drafting and development that is uh, year-end avail and talked about how Shirley has put a good uh, system in place here and they're trying to build out their prospects. So why are you going to now go out and trade that pick? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Number three, there are some quality defensemen in the mix there. One of them being Evan Bouchard. Would absolutely love the Oilers to draft this guy out of London. Right shot defenseman. I think he scored 25 goals in London this season. He can shoot the puck. He can quarterback a power play. We had Dan Marr on Oilers now last week, and he said he has eyes in the back of his head. You're telling me that's a guy you wouldn't want to draft? A guy that can make a great pass up the ice to find Connor McDavid? I'd, I'd have him on the ice all the time with Connor McDavid, of course. That's likely not going to happen next season. You'll have to wait a little bit. Maybe when he's 19, he can step in. We're seeing Charlie McAvoy right now. He's 20 years old, and he is, uh, I think he was the 19th overall pick for Boston, and... He is on their first pair right now, playing in the playoffs. So we are seeing a change in the the type of defenseman at the NHL level. If you can move the puck, you have a chance to play at a young age. And Bouchard can certainly do that. He has uh, a lot of skill, a great first pass, and on the power play, man, just go YouTube his highlight package with the London Knights 
and there's a lot of it's on the power play, the way he moves the puck. They have a lot of talent on that roster, but it's impressive. So I would not trade the pick unless you're talking, I don't even know. I know Bob mentioned Ryan Ellis the other day. Would I trade the ninth overall pick for Ryan Ellis? I don't know. To me, that's tough. I think I'd rather keep the pick. Plus, you have expansion to worry about. And you also have the fact that he can play at a, a cheap contract for three years once he officially signs and starts playing for the Oilers. So there are a lot of factors leaning towards the Oilers keeping that pick. I think if they pick in the top three, somehow win one of those three uh, lottery spots, of course they're keeping the pick. There's no chance they would trade it after that. So we'll wait and see. Should be fun. Draft lottery going this Saturday. 740 at Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. We'll get come back with some more of your text messages. Uh, we'll update you on the games and we'll set up tomorrow night's show as well. That's all ahead here on Inside Sports. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. Aerosmith bringing us back here on Inside Sports. All working for Wilkins tonight. You can text us 630-630. The Capitals right now leading the uh, Blue Jackets 5-3, 8.08 to go in the third period. So it's looking like the Capitals, if they can hang on tonight, will eliminate the Blue Jackets and advance to round two to play the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay sitting there and waiting to see who they will play in the second round. And it looks like they'll have to wait until Wednesday to find out because the Toronto Maple Leafs lead 3-1 right now. Thomas Placanix has scored an empty net goal. There's 27 seconds left, and the Leafs have forced a game seven Wednesday night in Boston. Wow. The only game seven, it looks like, of the opening round. And... uh I predicted the Leafs would win this series, so I'm pretty uh, excited about this maybe happening here. Of course, they have to win Game 7 in Boston, which won't be easy, but I did pick the Leafs to win in 7. I'm also 7 of 7 in the other series so far if the Caps hang on and win, so I don't want to pat myself on the back too hard, but I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about that. Dustin, who are you uh, picking? Boston or the Leafs, Game 7, Wednesday night? Gotta go with the Leafs. There you go. I know uh, Bob picked uh, Boston, Reed picked uh, Boston, Jack took Boston, so Dustin and I are going with uh, the Leafs. We'll see what happens uh, on Wednesday. A text here from Tom says, given the Oilers' history, every possible draft position they could end up in equates to a plug-and-play player next year. It's not an organization that sends 18-year-olds back to junior. If you won't trade the pick, how do you suppose the team is going to get any better next season, Tom? Well, pull the RV... I think that was a slam dunk. They were going to keep him here. Uh, he had spent some time playing in, uh, you know, Finland, a pro league, and uh, they decided he was ready. And then they sent him down. And uh, he had the AHL option, of course, so that helped uh, his cause. With Yamamoto, they sent him back to junior. So I don't think they would automatically keep that player on the roster if they're picking ninth overall. It would likely be a guy that goes back to junior, but you never know in today's NHL. We're seeing younger players step in and uh, make impacts every year. Uh, The thing is, I just don't know if it's a trade the others are going to win if they trade that pick. I would be very nervous about that because you're likely bringing in a young player from another team 
that maybe has some uh, baggage. Whereas you can draft your own guy, you're out here scouting these guys, and you're saying, okay, I absolutely love this guy. This is a player I want to pick ninth overall to be part of our roster. And uh, you have Connor McDavid locked up long-term. This is a guy that maybe can grow with our current core. And I have a lot of faith in Keith Gretzky drafting. That's sort of why I'm saying I'd rather make that pick. I mean, that's what you do. You hire scouts. You hire uh, a guy that's in charge of your drafting so that he can go out there and make those picks. And that's what the others have done with, you know, Keith Gretzky. He was brought here to be that guy to make the picks, so let him make the picks. So far, so good on his first draft that he was in charge with for the Oilers last year. That is looking like a really good draft. And you're watching Boston right now in the playoffs with all the guys that he drafted in that uh, 14 or 15 draft, I think it was, that landed uh, Pasternak and a few other players, Heinen, Bjork. So things look good there. Now, the other part of that question is, how do they get better? That's a a very uh, good question, Tom. I mean, it'll it'll be tough for the Oilers to improve without trading an asset that fans don't want to see traded. And I don't think Nugent Hopkins is going to get traded anymore after playing so well down the stretch. But maybe it's a guy like Clefbaum. Maybe they they try to trade a guy like Sekera. Maybe a Matthew Benning, who's a RFA. So just looking at different scenarios, I'd be scared to trade Clefbaum too because I think he's going to bounce back big time next year and you'd be selling a low on him after a tough season. We'll see what happens. Peter Charlotte need to get creative. They don't have a lot of cap space. They can't go big game hunting in free agency. So maybe you just tinker with a few things. You don't change too much this offseason. And uh, you get faster as a roster. You hope that special teams improves. You maybe add a good backup goaltender like we were talking about in Hishkin in here. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason for the Oilers. Uh, it's a long road ahead. I mean, the playoffs are still going. We'll be talking about this and debating it all summer long. So that's a good text, Tom. You bring up a good point. I'll try to have a better answer for you on how they can get better uh, at some point in the offseason without trading that pick. And it all depends on where they pick, too. So that could change my uh, mind when we find out where they're picking as well when it comes to trading that pick. But that wraps up the uh, Monday edition of Inside Sports. Tomorrow on Inside Sports, we will have the Eskimos general manager, Brock Sunderland, to wrap up minicamp out in Vegas. And we will also have Kelly Rudy on the program to set up Game 7 between the Leafs and the Bruins and talk about some of their news and notes from around the National Hockey League. That wraps up tonight's show. Uh, I believe Dave will be in tomorrow. Might be me, though. We'll have to wait and see. Have a good night. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Oilers Now. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.